we can enjoy the life God has called us to, to the absolute fullest. Hello, hello. Welcome back or welcome for the first time. I'm hanging out with you today and I'm excited. I'm always excited. Uh, my name is Brittany and I'm a Catholic wife and mom of two boys and I run fitmomlifetothefullest.com. So feel free to check that website out if you would like to know more about what I offer and what I do. I don't want to really talk about it a ton on the podcast, so I just assume that you will go check it out if you would like to, but I am going to start taking some new one-on-one training clients, so if you want to check out any info on that, head on over and check it out. And I'm on Instagram all the time, almost every day, Fit Mom Life to the Fullest, Facebook as well, so come hang out with me anywhere if you would like to. Today we are going to talk about ways that you are hurting yourself during the day that you might not even realize you are doing. This is a funny little topic to me because I feel like 20-something-year-old Brittany, I am still 20-something, but (laughs) barely. I am 29, so I will hang on to that uh, this whole year. But like early 20s Brittany would never even be thinking about this, so I think it's a funny topic that I am addressing where I definitely have shifted in my approach to fitness and workouts and all of that to really prioritizing longevity. So... In my early 20s, it was more about getting fit, getting lean, you know, doing really cool, challenging exercises, box jumps, power circuits. And I was not even considering my joints at all. Lots of sprints, lots of impact, impact, impact on my joints. So I've definitely shifted my focus to, all right, sometimes I do like to sprinkle in some things that I think are quote unquote cool or fun that aren't the best for my joints, but they are just that they are sprinkled in. I will still occasionally do some box jumps on our tire that we have outside, but I'm not doing it three times a week like I used to do. Uh, Definitely not. Maybe once a month or something like that, just to check in and see if I can do it or have a little fun. But I am mostly trying to really preserve my joints. That's also why I've switched away from doing a lot of sprinting, more to low impact walking on an incline. It's That's amazing for your joints to be walking on an incline. I also, if I'm going to run, I try to run more on grass, on trails, because that is better for your joints than the pavement. So just all those kinds of things. I mean, little shifts at a time. And I think a big piece of it is not just age, but because obviously, again, from 21 to 29, it's not a huge difference, eight years, obviously. But I think a lot of it has to do with having babies. And I've heard that from a lot of women is like, I didn't have any wrist pain, but now I do, or back pain, but now I do. And I think there's a lot going on there. I think some of it is you know, the different hormones that are going through our bodies at different times, like when we're pregnant and we have more relaxing and we can twist a certain way and we can overstretch and overtwist because we are literally getting more of that hormone, which is has its purpose. So our body can shift and our hips can widen and all of that. But we also have to be careful. And I also think it's just a different kind of usage, a lot of repetitive usage. I check in. I never had wrist pain. It was after Joshua that I started having wrist pain. And I know that's another common thing in pregnancy is to have like pregnancy carpal tunnel and that kind of stuff. But I think even beyond that, once you've had the baby, the way that we hold babies, the way that we hold kids, we usually, you know, picture it. You have a kid in front of you, you grab, you wrap around and grab your wrist with your other wrist. So your joints are taking a lot of impact that it might not have been taking before. You're also bending down way more, which is why I think back pain becomes a factor There's just a lot of movement in your day as a mom that you might not have had there before. So I think if I was 29 and had no kids, it might be a different story and I might not have 
noticed these areas that are causing pain and started caring about this, but I am a mom and that is the case. So whether you're a mom or not, because I know some people who are not that listen to this, it's still good to notice the motions and the exercises you do throughout the day. It's not even exercises. It's just the life, the moments in life, you know what I mean, throughout your day that you are possibly causing yourself injury and just from repeatedly doing it maybe the wrong way or you could be doing it a better way. Also, I want to say this is why I'm such a big advocate of strength training because if you do just say, you know, running around with my kids is my workout, well, that's great, but working out helps you become aware of good form. So specifically strength training. So if you deadlift routinely, you know how to pull your shoulders back, have a nice straight spine, lock in your lats, brace your core, and pick something up. So when you are in your normal life, there's always funny, I've seen a lot of funny YouTube and Facebook videos of somebody, you know, it's like if you're if you went through your day like a crossfitter and it shows them like clean and pressing their sheets when they get out of bed and stuff like that. And obviously that's super extreme, but I do apply a lot of things from working out throughout my day. So if you're not prioritizing strength training already, that is my encouragement to you because it just trains your body to naturally fall into good form when you are just doing the mundane life tasks. And that's usually when people are getting injured. A lot of times I'll have clients who are like, I threw out my back from blow drying my hair. Or I hurt my wrist from grabbing a heavy pan out of the oven. Like it's usually the really mundane things because we are not necessarily thinking about our form. So the more and more we can train our body to naturally fall into good form through our workouts, the better it is. But I think I just wanted to call a couple areas to your attention if you're doing these movements throughout the day. Because I noticed this actually, I did not plan to record a podcast on this. And I switched what I was going to do today because I caught myself doing one that I've never even noticed before. So I'll actually start with that one um, because it's kind of a random one. If you don't live in a two-story house, I guess it doesn't really apply to you. But we do. We have a two-story house. And I noticed today that I was walking up the stairs on the balls of my feet and like almost on my tippy toes kind of thing, like, but definitely on the balls of my feet. And why that's bad, why that's wrong is because it was putting a lot of pressure on my knees. So it's putting more impact on my joints. When you're doing a step up, a step up is an exercise when you have your whole foot on a bench or step, your whole body is squared up to that foot. So your hips and shoulders are square. Your foot is on the step. You are slightly tipped forward from the hip. You push all your weight into that front heel to straighten that top leg that's on the step. And then your other leg's just behind you. You don't need to bring it up and touch the step or anything like that. The move is complete when that front leg is straightened. So you step up and then you slowly come down. A lot of people fling themselves up, fling themselves down. That's the part that's hard is the slow, controlled way back down. But the point is when you do it, your entire foot is on the bench. And that is the reason. It's training your hamstrings. It's training your glutes. So there's an example. If you're doing step-ups a lot, you should naturally take the stairs properly. I usually do step-ups a lot. I have not done step-ups in probably six months. And I honestly think that's where I started doing this little ball of the foot thing. But I noticed it as I'm going up the stairs. I'm like, why is this hurting my knees? Okay, because your whole foot's not on the step. So put your whole foot on the step and make sure you're using, you know, because that's activating your glutes and hamstrings. If you don't have your heel on the step, you're just going to throw it into your knee and ankle. And that's not good for you. So one little way, and that was the way that I noticed today. But some other things you might do, and this is really, really popular. I've made posts on this before is the way you hold your kids. So 
number one, important when you have a baby because you're freshly postpartum, your core is not very strong yet. But then even all the more so when you have like right now, like I do a 14 month old who's 30 pounds practically. I think he is 30 pounds. We go to the doctor like next week and I have to hold him a lot because he's not walking yet. So and even so, obviously, right now he's in the like toddle over to something, grab something else kind of thing. Like he can go from walker to couch or whatever. He can't. He's not really taking steps in between. But even so, when he does, you know, when they're newly freshly walking, you still have to hold them a lot, carry them a lot at church and things like that. I'm not, not going to let him just crawl around. So you're holding this child a lot. And what I will see is people, again, try to picture this with me, holding their child in front of them. They jut their hips forward, they lean back, their knees are locked out, and that is so tiring on your low back. So tiring. So, but that's kind of the only option you're left with if you don't have a strong core. The alternative is to loosen up your knees, don't lock out your knees, so your feet are hip width apart, your knees are soft, and you are consciously making sure your core is braced, and if anything, you are slightly leaning forward so that you are not leaning into your low back. The thing is that your shoulders and your core do get tired after a while, but that is why the more conditioned you are, the longer you would be able to do it for. But it's so much better to take it in your core than in your low back. So that is actually the next one I will share too, is when you are carrying or picking up awkward things and you lean into your low back instead of taking it in your core. So match that up with whatever. You might have a physical job. Again, if you're a mom, your job is physical. But think about the ways you pick things up. I'll get more into the, just the picking up later, but the actual carrying and things like that. So there was a couple years ago, I guess, at this point, yeah, Josh was like one and a half when we were on a beach vacation. And Ben and I were carrying a cooler between the two of us. So we had we each had a handle on one side. So we walked pretty far, and one of us, I'm sure Ben was carrying Josh, and I was probably carrying a beach bag or something. But I have the cooler in my right hand. I'm slumped over to the right. You know, you're like half bent over to be <laughs> holding this cooler and walking really far on the beach to go down and pick our spot. So carrying it on the sand like that. So, you know, your knees are bent, you're half squunched over, and you're walking together. And when we got there and put it down, I remember like taking a deep breath and being like, whew, my core is lit up. Like my core already felt almost sore. Like I just finished a really hard core workout. I was like, wow, Brittany, the thing is, that's cool that your core is sore from that because most people probably would put it down and rub their low back and be like, oh, that hurt my back. Because it was a weird position. There's sometimes that in our days and in our lives, we are just inevitably put in positions that we'd rather not hold for a while, right? And that's one of them. I'd rather not be hunched over to the side uneven. You know, it'd be much easier if I was evenly carrying something on both sides, but that was not the case. So in those kind of situations, are you going to put it in your core or are you going to put it in your low back? So try to make sure you, again, bracing your core is not sucking it in. It is pushing it out like somebody's going to hit you and you are breathing while you're doing it and making sure you protect your back. Also, if you're an overarcher like I am, I'm constantly overarching my back and sticking my butt out, tuck your pelvis a little bit. So in that situation, because I'm picturing myself again carrying the cooler, I also had to tuck my hips under a little bit so that I could take it in my core, not in my back. So if that's you and you're an overarcher, also be aware of that. You probably overarch a lot when you're just standing or when you're walking, and it probably feels weird to you to tuck your pelvis under and take it more in your core. And almost probably feels like you think you're going to be walking around like a caveman, like rounded shoulders and tucked hips. But 
at least for myself, I'm such an overarcher that when I tuck, I actually look like I'm in neutral. I've caught myself doing that on, you know, workout videos when I'm filming an RDL or something where I'm supposed to have a flat back and it's so overarch that if I tuck it, it feels unnatural to me. But when I look at it, I'm like, oh, that actually looks normal. <laughs> so think about that. Just bracing your core through a lot of everyday activities. And another one in that vein is rounding your back to pick things up and just bending at the waist. And this is a funny one, I think, to me, because ever since like my first job, you see the I worked at Tim Hortons. It was my first job. And you would see on the side of the box, like, don't pick things up this way with an X through it. Then like the picture of the proper way to pick things up and things like that on different boxes. And I think that's a very common one to see. But how many people really do that, right? We know there's a proper way to pick things up. But most of us take the, again, what feels lazier. It feels easier at the time to just bend over at the waist, round our back and pick it up. Especially, again, if you're picking things up a ton, you're, you know, reaching down to clean up some crumbs or pick up some, you know, wipe up some spilled milk or you're reaching down to pick up a Lego that you just stepped on for the 19th time. So it feels easier to just flop over at the hips and bend at the hips and pick the things up. But what is better is to bend your knees, sit down, pick it up like that. So you're not actually sitting down, but almost deadlifting it. Again, depends on what it is. You're not, you know, super making it really dramatic and bracing your core really hard. But in general, it's much better to bend down at the knees. Even when I have to talk to a, a, one of my kids or something for for a second, it feels easier to just bend over at the waist, say like, well, what did you say? Or get on eye level with them. But better to just bend your knees, get down so you can keep your back flat. The big thing is keeping your spine straight in those times. So try to be aware of that. I have definitely called myself out on that because I'm a big bend at the waist person. of like, oh, this is easier to just flop over and grab this. But Again, just do it with proper form and you'll get really used to doing it that way. And lastly, one thing that you could be doing every day that you don't realize is hurting you physically is slouching. And this one's so hard because I know it's so prevalent to a lot of us. If you're driving or sitting, it feels natural, it feels comfortable, whatever, to round your shoulders over, you know, let your shoulders just come forward. Try to set them down back away from the ears. I just did it as I said it. <laughs> down back away from the ears. Your chest is open. Your neck and jaw are relaxed. And you're sitting up nice and tall. You are engaging your core even to do that. And you're anchoring your sits bones. And it does. You have to have somewhat of a tone core to be able to do that and to do it for a long time. That is why if you're sitting up for a long time, then you probably notice yourself, okay, let the hips flop forward, tuck under. Super bad for your low back because now your spine is just curved like that. And then no, nobody likes the look of the rounded shoulders forward, right? We all like a long neck, graceful ballerina kind of look where, you know, you notice it about somebody if they have good posture and it doesn't need to be exaggerated, but good posture is definitely something that enhances physical appearance and can make you even look leaner and things like that. So it's good to practice, but also one little exercise you can make sure that you keep in your routine to help you in this area and to help correct it if you are a sloucher is working your rear delts, which are the tiny little muscles in the back of your shoulders. So you could do rear delt flies with dumbbells where you are hinged forward at the waist, your back's nice and straight and flat, and you start with your hands shoulder width apart, and again, you're just hinged forward, and then you are turning your pinkies up toward the ceiling and flying your arms out to the side. So think like a standing lateral raise, but you're tipped forward 
and it's of vital importance to turn your pinkies up to the ceiling so that you get the back of the shoulders, not the medial delts, which is what you would get with a lat raise. And face pulls is another good one. You have a band anchored around a pole or some kind of anchor point right around face height. Your hands are overhand grip. You grab that band about shoulder width apart, and then your elbows lead the way, and you pull that band up high where your hands end right around your chin, and that is also helping work the rear delts. So I work rear delts at least once a week. If you struggle with posture and struggle in that area, I would definitely hit it twice a week so that you get a little bit stronger there and can negate some of that damage that you are doing with your slouching. <laughs> All right. Okay. I hope these were helpful and I'm sure you found at least one or two that you do a lot. So just try to work on it. Keep it at the front of your mind. Like, okay. Brittany said, unlock my knees, brace my core, breathe. And the more you do it, the more you practice it correctly, the more natural it will become. So All right, in the name of fitness, in the name of, you know, having what kind of life we want to live, right? That's the point. It's not, well, Brittany, why do I really care about not putting my whole foot on the step? It's because I want to make sure my knees are great at 60. I want to make sure my knees are still letting me walk at 80. I want to be able to live life as to the fullest as within my power for however many years I'm here, right? For however long I'm on this earth, I want to be able to move the best that I can under my control. I don't want to be having to sit on the sidelines and watch my kids and grandkids play at 60 because I just didn't take care of myself or I was doing these things that I could have easily corrected, right? These are easy fixes. These are things that just need a little bit of attention. All right. So let that, you know, be at the front of your mind too. There's a why to doing these things and to why you should care about being in your peak physical abilities, right? So you can keep up, serve well, all that jazz, all the things that I'm about and why I'm here. (laughs) All right. I hope you guys have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll talk to you next time.